night and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith here alone for a solo interview episode. The full episode with Chuck and John will be out later this week. They had a big weekend. I know Chuck was at Bonnaroo. John had to travel all around, so I'm assuming they will have plenty of good stories. And obviously, the NBA season ended mercifully. Uh, the Cavs got put down out of their misery. Although it was a fun series, it was an entertaining series. Uh, but we'll have plenty to talk about. Plus, the Grizzlies hiring Jerry Stackhouse. This is very, very exciting. Although, I'm kind of in a quandary now. I really want to try and get Jerry Stackhouse on the show, but I don't know if I'm supposed to tell him we have an award that's named after him. I don't know what to do. Like maybe he's easy going and thinks it's funny. Maybe I don't mention it at all, but what if he finds out later? I mean, he would never find out, but it seems like it's going to be uh, something I, I, I got to figure out again. I don't know if I'll even be able to get him on the show, but I, I'm going to try, and uh, and then I'll have to cross that bridge when I get there. It's going to be tough. Uh, if you think you have the answer to what I should do there, uh, go ahead and maybe uh, tweet at me at uh, Fast Break Break. Let me know, or uh, maybe write, write the answer in a five-star iTunes review. That would be kind of cool. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can write a five-star iTunes review or support us at patreon.com slash breakfast. At our Patreon, you can get exclusive bonus content. We got some extra videos coming up. Uh, we post bonus audio. We've been playing a bunch of games. Congratulations to Joe Yoder, who won the Stone Cold Locks Playoff Challenge, made off with a sweet prize pack and two hundred and twenty-four dollars. Why two twenty-four? It's a long story. Anyway, uh, and congratulations to uh, Patreon supporter Texamista. Uh, who won the Breakfast of Champions Finals Challenge uh, by tiebreaker, choosing the higher number of the two people who got tied of the combined LeBron points, rebounds, and assists. So Teximista will be receiving a $20 gift card to the store.com and a prize pack with some basketball cards, some stickers, and a collectible Fast Break Breakfast towel. Teximista, do not use it on anything such as liquid, it is a novelty item. It is not functional. It will fall apart. So if you want access to that bonus content, you want to join in with these extra contests, these games that we play and win surprises, you do all of that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. One more time, patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Uh, buying tickets, listeners, it used to be overwhelming. Did I miss a, a deal on the secondary market? I got to check 20 different websites to make sure I got the right deal. Wait a second. Did I check where exactly the seats are? There is a, a Is it an obstructed view? Did I miss a great deal over here? SeatGeek has changed all of that. It's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to any type of live event, an NBA Finals game, for instance, a concert. It saves you time and it saves you money. It collates all of the secondary market into one place so you don't have to type in 20 different sites. You just go to one. It has an easy color-coded system to tell you if you're getting a good deal, an under-market deal, an expensive deal, where the seats are, what the seats typically cost. It's very easy to use. It's fully guaranteed. And right now... My listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. That can be a, a high percentage of like a baseball game or a concert ticket. All you have to do, download the SeatGeek app 
Enter promo code Fast Break Break. Today, that's promo code Fast Break Break for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Fast Break and another break. Fast Break Break. My first guest today covers the NBA at thejumpball.net. He's a former video coordinator for the Clippers and who? Spurs? Yep. Clippers and Spurs and hosts the Jump Ball podcast. Mo Dakil. Mo, how are you? I'm good, Keith. How about yourself, man? I am doing fantastic. Uh, my second guest, he covers the NBA uh, on his podcast, on the NBA, also on other podcasts. He's everywhere. Uh, Coach, Mr. Coach Dave DeFore, how are you? Uh, I, I'm doing well. Great. Uh, Dave, I'll start with you. Have you had breakfast? I actually did have breakfast today. Tell me all about it. I know that this is weird for this podcast. Uh, I just did like a little egg and uh, breakfast sausage scramble on a tortilla. So like a little bit of like a breakfast burrito. Way to kind of downplay how you had a perfect breakfast. Yeah, it was perfect, right? You're like, I just and, had a little thing. I, it's uh, it's amazing. It's Yeah, with a tall glass of kombucha. Oh, fancy you. There are you, you on the ro- are you on the road, Dave? I am. I'm in uh, Big Sky Montana right now. There you go. There's yeah. a uh, there's a Ted Turner owned hamburger uh, chain that has a location in Nashville. They mm-hmm. have a hamburger called the Montana Breakfast. I couldn't tell you what's on it. I want to say oh. there's some ham. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe a tomato jelly. What's so, what's so, what's so funny, Mo? He's, he's in Montana. We're talking breakfast. Popped in my head. No, I, 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 it's just funny because it's like they have. You don't even know what's on it. It just kind of made me laugh. I'm I, I'm pretty sure I've had it. I know it has a bunch of things on it. It's like a thick <laughs> slice of ham, and there's eggs on there. Uh, I, but I couldn't tell you the specifics. You know, beyond that, I want to say that there's there's some different things. How okay. about you, Mo? Do you have a breakfast? I did. It's actually funny. Like the days you happen to ask me to come on the podcast, I actually coincide with the days I do have breakfast. I can um, sense it, Mo. To, to, yeah, it, it, it's a little bit creepy and weird, but I like it. I'm okay with it. Um, That's I like just, our uh, podcast review right there, by the way. <laughs> um, no, I, I had a simple one. I just had two hard boiled eggs. Oh, there you go. Nice, simple, healthy, delicious. If you like that kind of thing. All right. <laughs> so uh, we're doing the three man booth. This will be good. Uh, you guys can be the uh, the Chris Weber and Reggie Miller, and just make me look good. <laughs> uh, so, so, so I need to sound. Complete... <laughs> uh, I, there are too many jokes there. It's too easy. I know. Yeah, I, I won't make them because I right. might run into these people this summer. Are but are you guys? You you are sad. We 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 have no more of that in our lives, right? You guys sad that the NBA season is uh finally has closed the regular season and playoffs. Yes, I don't know what else to uh, do. Oh, see, I'm the opposite. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the downtime. Yeah, uh, Dave is correct. That's one point for <laughs> <Yeah>. Dave. The <laughs> correct answer is I am very relieved that the playoffs are over. Like they 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 petered out a little bit. I mean, we had some awesome finals game. I, it was a sweep, but there was a couple competitive games. But I am like Dave. I am so happy to not watch basketball. Like I love the NBA, but also. I like thinking about the NBA when I'm in traffic, but not feeling like I have to get home and watch it all the time. You know, like a little break. Like, right. what, what are you what are you doing are, are, with the break? Are you literally just just sitting in your uh, I want to say unfurnished apartment, staring at a blank TV, w- wondering where it went? Yes, 
exactly that. You've, you've <laughs> described that, but it's a lot darker. There are no lights. <laughs> and you're I, like, I have, oh, I'm out of eggs. I ate them both this morning. <laughs> is, this is terrible. Uh, no, I've, 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 I've gotten back into I'm going to run more and, and all of that. Uh, I almost had a near catastrophe today by losing my keys. Um, oh. <laughs> to only have a good Samaritan literally put find the keys that must have left it somewhere near the car and put them on the car windshield and then put up the windshield wiper so I would know to look there. Also, <laughs> I'm shocked the car was still there when I got there after uh, all of that. But uh, I, I caught an incredible break. And if that person happens to listen to the podcast, thank you for uh, saving my butt today because I wasn't looking forward to uh, retracing <laughs> my steps to try to find my keys. They are they are more than likely listening right now. So uh, yeah. you can you can ex- expect that. Thanks. I mean, like, I think the perfect analogy is I love my two young children. If someone offered to babysit them for a day, I'd be great. Like, that's what awesome. If someone offered to babysit them for the entire summer and you could go and have fun and do other stuff. That's, see, that's where much. I'm at. No, no, the no, entire no, see, the entire uh, summer's too much. I, I couldn't. So, like, I will I will see you guys. I assume how about two weeks. Well, so I'll see you guys in Vegas. I assume at, at Vegas Summer League. That feels yeah. that that's a weird amount of time to be gone from my two young children. Like, I, I feel guilty the whole time. Like, I'm supposed to be helping or doing something or taking care of one of my child's needs. It's a really I don't know that this is I know we've gone into full blown dad talk, uh, but that is like a weird sensation of being at Vegas Summer League. Even though I want to be there and I want to spend as much time as my wife will let me, I still feel a weird like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I feel like weirdly anxious. I don't have okay, that. For but the you NBA. don't feel that way. For the- <laughs> For the two weeks that there's no basketball leading up to something. Oh, league. not at all. No, I love it. I'm right. watching movies and Netflix. I'm yeah. playing sports. It's, I, it's incredible. See, I, this is the difference is, you know, you, you guys are employed. I'm not. So I'm I just sorry. I am not employed. <laughs> that is a horrible rumor. I will not have you spreading that on my own podcast. I'm self-employed. So. All right. Well, like I basically just hang out anyways all day. So <laughs> basketball is kind of where I feel like I'm actually doing something productive. Well, there you go. No, finding the productivity. But I mean, as far as basketball content, we have plenty of basketball content. Yeah. We, we oh, got yeah. the draft coming. We got the best part of the season, which is the free agency, the, the dreaming. <laughs> um, but hey, before before we move to that and close up shop on, on the finals, I do want to get some feedback from you guys about maybe a couple of the storylines of the finals. First one being Kevin Durant wins his second consecutive finals MVP award. He won it by a seven to four vote of the 11 media members uh, who got to vote for this award. Was that result, the correct result? Was it justified? Uh, Dave, why don't you answer first? Yeah, I think, I think Kevin Durant was the finals MVP. Um, You know, I think he and Steph both, both had three really good games and Steph had a terrible game three. And it just happened to coincide with Kevin Durant having an incredible game three. I mean, one for the ages. Um, so yeah, I think Kevin Durant was MVP. I mean, by any measure, I, I know it doesn't, doesn't work with the, the sort of narrative that a lot of people wanted, which was Steph Curry finally winning a finals MVP so that people would, I don't know, see him in the proper light. But I, to me, it doesn't change anything like Kevin Durant winning another finals MVP doesn't make me think more of Kevin Durant. And Steph Curry not winning MVP doesn't make me think any less of him. I mean, it, you know, um, well, that's so, a yeah, very I think it was in, the right result. That's a very informed opinion as far as your uh, it not changing your opinion of Durant and Curry. But that isn't the way the world works. I know it isn't. 
Like these 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 awards have like long lasting historical impact. It seems uh, when people are writing their their books or voting for Hall of Fames and things. Not that Steph's in any you know danger of missing out on a Hall sure. of Fame. But what if Bill Simmons ranks the next hundred basketball players fifty years from now? You know when he's ninety six or however old he will be, uh, and he's like, well, there's never a Finals MVP. Uh, Mo, do you do you agree with Dave's assessment? I do. Um, the, the the thing is when you look at it this way is KD had his best game at the most important time for them. Right. Like when, when, when Curry really went off was game four and it really just kind of felt like Curry was just going to, uh, 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 Curry was going to go off in a game that didn't really matter. Um, if they didn't win game four, they were going to win game five, you know, and, and, and KD had a triple double that game. It's and, and granted he was assist hunting and all that fun stuff, but it, it, he, he showed up really when it mattered most and basically, they he put them up 3-0 when both Curry and Clay were struggling. For me, that was a big, big thing, and and it made up for the fact that KD I thought was had a pretty bad game one. Uh, but in general, I thought you know he was super efficient in game two. He was the KD we've been complaining of. You know, we were hoping we'd see in the playoffs for the Warriors, super efficient and just knocking down shots, and and he killed it. Game three, he really stepped up when those guys were struggling, and and he came into KD the insurance policy, uh, and and really kind of saved the Warriors that game. And, and and game four, you know, he was good, and 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 Curry was great, but it wasn't like again, it it, it really just didn't feel like it mattered at that point. Well, so so using using that logic, I actually like your logic because I feel like I can use it to support. My vaguely, I think Curry should have won the MVP argument. I don't think game three was more important than games one and two. I think game one was by far the most important game. uh, And Durant was terrible. Like if the Cavs don't somehow blow that game one, or or even if you don't like the term blow, you know, they had some chances to win the game. Uh, Maybe some unfavorable whistles, uh, some strange decisions by J.R. Smith. Like that's the most important game in this series. Like that could have swung the home court. Like they win that game. LeBron James isn't breaking his hand on a whiteboard. If you believe that, like that seemed way more important game three. Yes, they could have lost it because Steph Curry played so poorly, but if they lose game three, I don't think that affects the series whatsoever so i know it's weird where steph curry's shooting was so bad in game three comically bad we had so much fun with it on on our regular show uh with his international stackhouse of pancakes award like we were so fired up about him being that bad and and it feels weird to give the guy the finals mvp but like i guess i get carried away into that narrative where i'm like in my opinion watching the warriors like steph curry is the straw that stirs the drink and Durant had more incredible numbers. Uh, he had that. I mean, he played great both sides of the ball and incredibly efficient in games two and three. Like just phenomenal again, like you said, Mo. What everyone hopes Kevin Durant would be on the Warriors, he, he was it. But for me, it seems like Curry was like kind of what I don't know. He's what makes it all happen. And again, like I lean onto that narrative. Like it seems insane to me that they've now won three titles in four years and still, uh, no Steph Curry MVP. And I know the award's not supposed to correct historical wrongs, but why can't it? Well, let me, let me ask you this question. If, if game one was so important, shouldn't the MVP go to J.R. Smith then? Or LeBron James. But yeah, yeah. no, no, I mean, J.R. Smith, uh, 
like he that's a, it for that, the Warriors. Th- that makes a hu- no. He did. Like he really did. I think that's why LeBron James. I mean, some of LeBron James' post game actions or or even that post regulation actions, like they're kind of hard to watch. They might be indefensible if you're not a big LeBron James fan to see him just seething on the sideline, not talking to his teammates. And then if he did injure his hand in frustration, I think it's because he knew like that was the series. Like we, we like we, we, we had, we had our shot. Uh, one fun again, and this doesn't, when these reporters or media members are asked to name MVP, I mean, they aren't given, a, I don't think we're given a huge list of like, these are the parameters. Like, this is what it means. I feel right, like we always, we always it's make all them about up. how you feel about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I, for me, I make it up like, uh, with like the weird hypothetical of, and I'm asking you guys, if Kevin Durant wasn't on these last two Warriors teams, if Harry Barnes was still the small forward, uh, do you think the results of these series are, are any different? I, I think uh, I, I don't think they win last year. That's uh, it's it's definitely possible. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Last year's Cavs team was really really good. I mean, awesome. But, but they it took a game where they hit twenty five threes for them to pick up one game. So I, I don't know. And but that's Kevin KD. Durant and right, Kevin Durant was incredible on both ends of the ball last year. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's that that's a tough hypothetical. I, I don't know. But I, I know that the, they were missing Harrison Barnes in that Houston series for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but it felt like if KD could have just acted like Harrison Barnes, they would have had an easier time once Iguodala went out. Yeah, I think I mean that's the question. Like, like I guess could this Warriors team beat that Houston team if Harrison Barnes? You're saying yes because Kevin Durant was kind of a he's kind of a I don't know. It wasn't his finest hour uh, in K, in KDness. Um, what about if you replaced? What about if you replaced Steph Curry with say Jeff Teague for no. even the last two years? Do the Warriors no. win the title? No, no. What about no, the first get- two years Warriors titles if you replace? No, they don't get, they, they wouldn't or, win a championship. They wouldn't, I don't even know if they'd be in the finals. They'd have no titles if you replaced Steph Curry with Jeff Teague or even just a league average guard. No way. Right. So, what, so what he does is so special. You know? So you guys agree with me there. Cause that's, that's, that's my opinion as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, think I think I agree completely. Like, so when I see the team and I think Steph Curry is probably the most important element of the team and he ends up, you know, having, in total, incredible statistical numbers. You know, like he averages, I don't know what it was, 27, 6, and 6, I think. Like, I'm like, this guy is the guy who does it. It seems like he would be finals MVP. But that's my uh, that's my Steph Curry soapbox. Yeah. I mean, so so he is the most important player to that team and its success without being the best individual player. Yeah, that's fine. And the finals, that's fair. the finals is very much about the individual, that kind of individual performance. You know, it's like, when you think back on this finals, are you going to think about Steph Curry or are you going to think about that KD game three? That's I don't, the one thing. I'm going to think Simmons, about J.R. Smith, think, as Mo, Mo okay. said. I'm, but I'm think but I, think, I think Bill Simmons kind of hits this stuff on the head when he talks about, you know, who owned the season or whatever like that. That's actually a good way to think about it because when we, like, 10 years from now, all right, let's look 10 years ago, 2008. Well, you know, what, what sticks out in your head? Wow, I have no memory of 2008. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, so if you went back <laughs> and looked and you saw, oh, hey, that was the the Celtics uh, title year, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. What do you remember about that team? Do you remember Rondo being awesome? You remember Ray Allen hitting threes, and you, you know what I mean? You, you don't you don't think about 
you know, a whole lot else, honestly. I'm going to think um, that was one of the years I didn't watch the finals. Oh. I kind of, oh. I kind of, I've talked about this on our, on our show before. I kind of pieced out on a lot of those Lakers finals. Uh, I didn't have a podcast back then. I didn't like the Lakers. Yeah, I'm yeah, a regular, yeah. I'm fun. a regular season man. I'm a regular man. <laughs> give me, give me Pacers magic below 500 games in January. Well, as a Memphis Grizzlies fan, I yeah. Mean, of course you're a regular season. Exactly. <laughs> We've made, we have more playoff wins than like, like 25 teams over the last eight years. Just saying. I, I think LeBron should, should consider going to Memphis. He should not there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> LeBron this, needs to be surrounded by, I, by non-shooting power forwards. Please come to Memphis. I want, Le, I want LeBron to, uh, to just like pick a new team every year and try to take them to the finals. So like, should, he should do the wheel. He should do the Mike Zarin oh wheel. God. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and just, uh, and it should be televised. I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, anytime anybody wants to pay me money for my ideas, they're all fantastic. I'm just saying, you know, that's just, pretty good. just spin it. And then you take whatever team he's on, you just take that one off the board. So we spin it for the next one. Well, the last I saw, the Cavs are fifty to one to win the title next year. Which the Lakers are twenty to one. Come yeah. on, I mean that is just because there's a lot of people in L.A. who like to would you know put right. ten dollars down on that. But that right. seems to imply fifty to one. I mean, again, those are those are Grizzlies numbers. Like that's uh, <laughs> it seems like you would at least put something down on that under the. I mean, is there not a better than one in three chance that LeBron goes back to Cleveland? I still think there's a good chance. I, and, you know, it, it's funny. Like, I think everyone wants him to leave. I don't <laughs> know what LeBron wants to do. I, I, I've, I've, you know, I've sort of contended that him staying in Cleveland, they can still revamp that roster. It, it, it wouldn't be easy, but it can be done. Um, they've got the number eight pick. Kevin Love is still a valuable asset to a lot of teams. Uh, um, you know, there's, there's a, I don't know. There's stuff that they can do if he stays in Cleveland. Uh, but it, it's, it sort of felt like though, you know, there at the end, those last four games for him that, that it, he was probably going to be on his way out. Yeah. Mo, where, where do you think, or where, where would you like to see LeBron James? That seems like a reasonable landing spot. I, I, I kind of want to see him in San Antonio. Granted, I'm, I, I might be a little bit so biased. biased. It's because I live in San Antonio I now. I couldn't even lie and say you should come to the Grizzlies, but you're all about San Antonio? No, no, but, like, hear me out, though. I just think it'd be really fun to have. It, it, the, think about how amazing the Western Conference would be. We'd have the Warriors. We'd have the Rockets. And then we have the Spurs with Kawhi and LeBron. Like, that's 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 a pretty good conference in the top three. Like, we're going to get some good battles out of that. It's more than just, you know— Okay, like who's going to take out the war? I don't know if that team's good enough to beat the Warriors because the Spurs are going to would have to do a lot of maneuvering to even get in a position to either sign him outright or set up a a, a sign and trade or if he opts in and and all that fun stuff and and things like that. But I I just think it'd be really interesting to see that. I'd rather that than him come to L.A. I don't think it's a one. I just don't want the uh, the the show to ruin any of my lifestyle. Uh, <laughs> there, you know, I, I don't need any more craziness here. Um, could you not find I'll, a way for Jerry West to get him on the Clippers to send some, like send out a Tobias here, send out a Danilo Gallinari there, maybe bring in a banana boat buddy here, a, a Carmelo, you know, like you, you can't see. Come on, man. We're talking about bringing Carmelo, dude. Like Carmelo's done. I'm sorry. I listen. 
I enjoyed Prime Carmelo, but the dude is not even willing to change, you know, and, and, and his his post season interview or whatever, where he's basically like, I'm not even sacrificing anymore. He's I'm not, like, he's not going to do it for Billy Donovan. You sit him down he with ain't doing it for anybody. Jerry West and LeBron. I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm more amused by the idea of the banana boat being together. I'm not arguing that, Carmelo Anthony that, should be helping be LeBron fun. James. The, 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 it would be fun to see the banana boat go to play together. I don't know if they could do it for 82 games without killing somebody. <laughs> Dwayne yeah, Wade, he, had to, he had to piece out of there after like 40 games. Yeah. I mean, I just don't see it happening. <laughs> yeah. It's not happening. There's there no any, way that's happening. Are there any, um, like Lakers, Lakers, obviously, you know, big on the board, uh, seems like a, a, a good potential landing spot. There are some reports that maybe his child is enrolled in a school, uh, for high school uh, around that's there. Fake news. All fake that's... news. All right. But anyway, the, the tea leaves Vegas is saying he, most likely to go there. Um, another landing spot, you know, the Sixers people talking about there. Uh, Dave, I saw you float on Twitter a couple of fun ideas. If the man wants to win basketball games, uh, you were suggesting why not the Jazz or the Pelicans? Both of those ideas make me swoon. Uh, is there any way we could get those to work out? No, those are not happening. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we like, no, but it would be awesome. I mean, you know, Utah to me, I think they're the third or fourth best team in the in the West, you know, depending on how you feel about you know, uh, the, the Spurs with Kawhi, um, and you add LeBron to that. And all of a sudden I think that team is better than, than Houston, right? Like they're going to have the defense. It'd be the first time in LeBron's career that he had a legitimate rim protecting presence. And I mean, not to mention the rest of their defense is also really good. I mean, you know, it's not just go bear. Uh, it would pair him with Donovan Mitchell, who, you know, would, compares favorably to Kyrie Irving, obviously not, not at the same level, but kind of a similar, similar mold, which we saw work uh, well with LeBron. And then you've got those shooters. I mean, I, I think that there, that, that would be a good choice. Um, and you know, it, it would be difficult for them to do like, they'd have to m- make some stuff happen, but you know, this idea that, that any team can't make any move it needs to make to get LeBron James. It's just laughable. We've seen if Daryl Morey can do it, it means it's doable, right? Like just because some GMs aren't creative enough to pull off the things that Daryl Morey does, doesn't mean they're impossible. It just means that, you know, Hey, maybe you're not as good. Right. So like, I, I get this on Twitter a lot where people, people always want to explain to me the, the cap sheet and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, first of all, First of all, I don't need your, your explain, explanation. Thank you though. Uh, and second of all, uh, these guys can figure these things out. You know, LeBron James probably employs his own cat people or his agent does, right? Like his agency does. So they, they're going into teams. Okay. So we we're thinking about signing here and here's how you can make it work. They're not going in blind. So do you think there's yeah, any way, to, sorry, go, uh, go, go ahead, Mo. Well, it's just funny just because I, I, I would find it very funny if they, they walked into Dennis Lindsay's office and said, this is the guys you need to trade. I, I, I'd be very curious who Dennis Lindsay would be like, eh, I want to keep this guy and this guy. No, nah, that's funny. About those guys. You can have an Alec Burks here. You can have <laughs> yeah, a, exactly. uh, yeah. a, a Jarebko. Uh, what, what, how much Crowder's ready to go back to Cleveland? No, uh, I do think it's funny if there's – scenarios where LeBron has to strong arm Dan Gilbert into 
accepting like a, like a trade, like an opt-in and trade. Because I, I feel like there's no love lost there. Uh, I, I like to think, though, there is some form of back-channeling. Uh, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Strong arm to Dan Gilbert. Like, no, no, you're going to trade me to the Heat for, you know, Whiteside and whoever. You know, <laughs> like, like to, to make this happen. I mean, it seems I've, like... I've, it, Floated that out there, by the way. I've floated the idea. First of all, I think LeBron. I would love to see him go back to Miami. Yeah, why not? Like that's where he lived his best life, right? Like he was riding his bike to to work every day. You know what I mean? It was like it was Man. good stuff. And, and I would love to see that happen. And I, I I sat down one day and did the math. And there's no way that Deion Waiters and Hassan Whiteside are not traded to Cleveland for LeBron, right? Like it has to be them, probably a, a pick which I don't even know that they yeah, have. In this I was shoot. trying to figure out again. I did the same thing. Cause I'm thinking like LeBron yeah. man back there, like running alongside Dragic and Josh Richardson and even Tyler Johnson, who I really like, although Tyler Johnson might have to be included with that giant salary uh, that's, that's ballooning. So like, it would be a weird thing. We're like, would they yeah. like, does Cleveland want Hassan Whiteside and James Johnson for the next three years? Like probably and, and D Wade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. D Wade as Ginobili for <laughs> yeah. one more season. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Last word on LeBron. Mo, you got any other team you want to be looking at? No, I mean, you guys killed me for my San Antonio thing, but I, no, hey, no, I, I like honestly, it. that's what I, 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 I would, I would wish that would happen too. Like, I feel like that sounds great. If insider information is correct that you have that Kawhi Leonard is playing basketball next year. Yes. I am looking forward to like watching Kawhi, uh, Kawhi and LeBron together as much as uh, you know, it would hurt the Grizzlies, but we're not competitive. So it's not a problem. Like that would be uh, pretty awesome to watch. No, the, I will say this. The only way I really want LeBron to go to the West is if this summer, the NBA says, Hey, we're switching to one to 16 seating in the playoffs. I got to say, uh, the There's one, to, good the one to 16 seating, I was a 100% disciple until I actually figured it out for this year. It would have been a disaster. Like I was actually looking at the matchups. There was like a four person quadrant. There was like the group of death. And then there was like another four, like another four group. I can't remember what it was, but it was one like, oh man, it was the, bu- it was like four awful teams. And I was like, that would not have worked. You would have gotten uh, warriors. I think Warriors Cavs was second round and it, it like, it like cooled my jets as much as I really thought I wanted it. I was like, I don't actually want this where I don't know. I'm not all that into the one sixteen. I kind of like the Eastern conference. I don't. And, and Western conference. I'd, I, I'd like them to recede after each round within the conferences. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and, and, and that might be more interesting, but I'm not sure if I'm into the one sixteen. Uh, the way everybody kind of envisions it. It's just not, I still think I like it. it, It's not fair in the sense of if you're in the Western conference, you play a tougher schedule unless we even out the schedule altogether. Right. I don't, I'm, 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 I, I, it's one conference is going to have a better, uh, more of an advantage than the other. I I was, the thing that always bugged me the most was teams. And again, this, this comes from my own fanship where like the Grizzlies would struggle to win first round series. And I was like, they are way better than the teams in the Eastern conference who one of them gets to go to the Eastern conference finals against the LeBron team. And like one of, you know, like seeing the wizards and the bulls make the second round of the playoffs, like years, I thought they were pretty bad and knowing all these West teams were like losing. And then we remember the bulls teams for playing in the playoffs. And I was like, they were never, they weren't that good. But anyway, hey, uh, moving on to a different topic. Dwayne Casey got hired by the Pistons. He had 
Dwayne Casey seemed like he announced he was the coach several days ago by talking about he was coaching Blake Griffin. Uh, <laughs> but five years, $7 million a year, he, he signed a five-year, $35 million contract. Is Stan Van Gundy still handing out contracts in Detroit? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what, man? I like it. First of all, I'm a fan <laughs> of Dwayne Casey. I, I I think Dwayne Casey is a good coach, and I and I think he's a he's a great culture guy. Um, not to say that Stan Van Gundy wasn't, but clearly they had some issues there. Yeah. Uh, um, and I I think I think the you know like this is good negotiating on on Dwayne Casey's agent's part. Unbelievable uh, agent, agent of the yeah, year. Yeah. Warren Legary, he's he's the best. Um, but uh, great negotiation on his part, and I and I like the the thing is. You know, I got someone asking me on Twitter about this and they were like, oh, my God, I just don't know about five years. It's like, listen, man, it doesn't impact the salary cap. It's literally just a rich guy's money. So like fans, I think, uh, care a little bit too much about this stuff. But what it says to me is that the organization is going to buy into what Dwayne Casey is is coming in with. Right. And I think that's important for a coach. It means he's probably going to be empowered, although they don't have a GM right now. I don't know what's going on with the whole Arn Tellum situation. Um but an empowered coach and in particular one like Dwayne Casey, who is a good coach. I mean, he has, he has a proven track record and, and including this past season where he was, you know, arguably the coach of the year, uh, completely revamping that team, getting veterans to buy in and all this stuff. And if you look at what's going on in Detroit, they have some talent and they've got some, but they've got some weird fits. And, and I think a coach like Dwayne Casey could be the guy that comes in and helps figure those weird fits out. So I, I think it's a good move. I mean, you know, I, I don't care about the years of the money. I mean, again, good for Dwayne Casey. Uh, I'm pumped for him. Uh, but I think that hiring Dwayne Casey was a was a good move for the Pistons. Yeah. Are you how optimistic are you about the uh, the Pistons there with their their GMless franchise? I mean, again, I'm not upset about the money. I'm. It's like when I watch those Marvel movies and they always right. like blow up <laughs> their entire like structure. Where I'm and I'm watching the movie thinking like. Who has the infrastructure to support rebuilding one of these every two years? Like that's like a trillion dollar. So like again, like I'm like, are they <laughs> say it's what? insured? Well, like what insurance company can take care of these things? So I'm I'm always really hung up with the infrastructure of the amount of destruction in Marvel movies. Uh, how can this? How, how are the Pistons like paying all these guys? They're still paying Stan Van Gundy. They're still paying Josh Smith. Uh, Mo, what's your what's your optimism level for uh, Tom Gore's I- endless pockets? Uh, it's nice. I, I'd like to be a recipient of some of these contracts if it's possible. Um, yeah. Or I, I take a lesser one. You know, you can just give me 3.5 and just let me sit there. Um, oh, I'm looking for a small country that's trying to make the Olympics that is looking for a coaching staff. Don't worry. I got you, buddy. Dave, I don't know if I want to coach with you, man. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Did you guys know that Tom Gores was born Tufik Gorgeous? What? I don't know how to pronounce this name. His first name is T-E-W-F-I-Q. He was born in Nazareth, much like our Lord and Savior, not yours, Mo. Uh, he was born <laughs> Tufik in the last name. Uh, it's it's not gorgeous, but a lot of the, it looks like it's pronounced gorgeous. Anyway, I didn't know that. Like Georgios? Yeah, I mean, it could be, but it's spelled not yeah. quite a, it probably is Georgios. Uh, it's G- probably closer because oh. it's, it's, an, it's an Arabic word. Right. So it's, yeah. it's it's probably closer to Tofik. Oh, there you go. Okay. There you go. Anyway, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that. And he is very, very wealthy. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Um, but to go, so he but can to, afford it. <laughs> to, to go to your to go to your question though, Keith, I'm not that optimistic. Just in the sense of like, I look at the team and I'm at best they're an eight seed. Yeah, you know, and 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 I I like Dwayne Casey. I think he's the right guy. I think some people wanted a more exciting, you know, let's get a younger guy and kind of build up. But you have Blake. He's he's an older guy. You have Drummond. He's been around the league. Reggie Jackson. You need a guy that's going to start molding these dudes. And this is kind of the roster you want for Dwayne Casey. If you look at what he did when he first got to Toronto um, and working with Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan and, and Jonas Valanciunas and developing those guys and, and things like that. I, I kind of, I kind of like it for them. Um, I don't think there's a lot of upside in the sense of the team's not going to do all that well, but that's just a matter of, I just think that's just the roster construct and the situation they're in. But I think it was a good hire. I mean, it's the best hire I think they could have made. Yeah, I think uh, I think his agent knew that. Like you, uh, <laughs> this is the best hire you can make. Give us all the money. It's like if we don't get Stan Van Money, uh, we're, we're walking. And he's like, fine, uh, you can have it. Last, hey, last topic before you guys get out of here. Uh, what is one storyline that each of you is looking forward to or intrigues you the most about uh, the upcoming draft? Mo, why don't you go first? Uh, this goes for every draft, but I always love hearing about the the trades and then the trades that didn't happen or almost happened, you know, or like the the famous one between Charlotte and Boston, you know, and Boston wanted to give up a bunch of picks so that they can go get Justice Winslow and Charlotte decides against it and takes Frank Comiskey. Um, you know, I, I, I love that stuff. I just love hearing about it at the after fact. And I'm like, huh, you 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 went with Frank the Tank. Over <laughs> I mean, in Michael Jordan or whoever was making those decisions defense, you have to be wary anytime Boston calls you up and says, hey, I got to trade for you. It's like the guy in the fantasy league, maybe who wins the fantasy league almost every year. He's like, here, trade me this. And you're like, you know, what? I'm not trading with you. And so I, I have some sympathy for Michael Jordan, I guess. No, it, it, when you're getting this many draft picks, you kind of just kind of <laughs> say yes. It's it's when you it, it, they're giving him a boatload of it. This wouldn't be the Celtics would be in a totally different situation. That part pains if, me. You know, if they if they didn't make the, if if this if they made this trade, the Celtics would have been in a whole new world of like, huh? How are we gonna? They wouldn't be the team they are now. Uh, which uh, and, which and also, think, sorry, I'll say which also goes to my theme of the last few weeks of my show about tanking or building your roster. It's so much luck. Like, it's so much luck. Like, Danny Ainge, like, the Celtics are the best setup team going forward in the NBA, and none of that would be the case if Michael Jordan accepted a slam dunk trade offer. I mean, the Celtics are on a great ride drafting. They've done a great job drafting guys and identifying guys. But let's let's, let's not also forget that this is the team that kind of, this is the GM that drafted Fab Mello. And yeah. this is, you know, these, these are guys that, you know, they, they he's made mistakes along the way as well. So nobody bats a thousand and all those things. But that's the, the best part about the draft is the stories leading up to the draft, even a couple of days afterwards of this trade almost happened and da da da, and they didn't do it because of this. And you're like, huh? Okay. That's interesting. Um, those are the, those are the things I look forward to in the draft. Dave, you got a, you got a single thing that's intriguing you about this coming draft. Um, you know, one of the things I pay attention to is what teams can I tell are are taking the, the guy they think is the most talented or, or at least um, has the highest ceiling versus teams that are dumb and start choosing for fit. 
like with their young roster. So like, especially in the lottery, you know, if, if you get a team that's like, Oh, we really need a point guard and they take a point guard, even though there's a much better player available. Does does that make sense? Yeah. So that's one of the things I pay attention to. Do you have any, any teams circled on the draft board that you're like, they're, they're the one they're going to do it. Um, uh, well, I mean, Orlando possibly, but you know, they've kind of got a new regime in there. So we'll see. Um, I worry about Atlanta overthinking the the number three pick. And, um, you know, I actually wouldn't be shocked if they wind up trading down. You know, it's Travis Schlenk, who, you know, was at Golden State. Um, but I worry about them overthinking that a little bit. Um, other than that, I, I think the other thing to watch is, you know, what's going to happen with Luka Doncic. Is he going to go one? Is he going to go two? Or is he somehow going to drop to like eight or something ridiculous like that? And then, you know, how long does it take before – you know, all the teams that pass up on him regret it. It's going to be wild. I imagine it, it won't be. If Luca drops past four, that'll be an all time like NBA Twitter meltdown. Just everyone is yeah. going to be going, going so nuts. I, I also, I, I'm, I'm interested in Atlanta as well. Cause I assume like the roster is a total, like it's like an open book or it's a, it's a, it's a buffet almost like, please someone take Dennis Schroeder, uh, Kent Bazemore, yeah. he, he's he's available. Does does anyone want to? Prince, Tarian Prince is the only guy on that roster that I think is, yeah. is like a not even a cornerstone piece necessarily. Although he he may may turn into that, but I think he's just a guy that that they're going to have for a long time. And I like John Collins a lot, but you know, I it, it, that sort of rim running five guy, unless he's going to step out and shoot threes, um, that rim running five, I think they're just easier to find than than you know what Tarian Prince can do. Well, uh, but like, yeah, they're gonna be interesting. I like that I like the Collins kid they have. He's bouncy. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think that guy is easy a Jay little Billis. bit easier to find than than the sort of multi-positional he, wing that can shoot threes. He's yeah. coming in with some heat right now with calling me Jay <laughs> Billis. That, that one hurt a little bit. Is that and, rude? I don't uh, even know. I, I don't I don't have a strong Jay Billis opinion. I don't um, watch any college basketball, so I couldn't tell you if that's a good thing. Going to the Jared rumor. Jackson, Jared yeah. Jackson Jr. and Mo Bamba are like wherever they wind up. Th- that's going to be very interesting to me as well. Yeah, there's a going back to the rumors of the trades that Mo mentioned. I like the like the rumor that's been aggregated. Jerry West looking to trade up to get Luka Doncic. It kind of goes to that whole. Uh, if Danny Ainge offers you a trade, like if, if Jerry West offers you a trade and he's like, oh, he wants Luka Doncic, I'm like, well, I don't want to do it. But then what if Jerry West is saying he wants the trade to get Luka Doncic to trick me into drafting Luka Doncic? <laughs> See, that's the, that's the fun overthinking that you get in the NBA draft war room sometimes. <laughs> well, have you heard the story about Michael Porter Jr. having a great workout for the Mavs? Uh, I did just read that Chris Wallace announced that he was alive. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the, the, I, I made a, I made a tweet about m- making fun of it, but, uh, he says, yeah, yeah. Michael Porter, he passed the first test. He's out there looking alive. <laughs> well, all right. Well, you don't want to, you don't want to well, drop the dead is, guy. He is living. And that is a prerequisite to being in the draft. And you uh, know what's, you know what's yeah, terrible? But, uh, sorry. I'm gonna let you finish Dave, but, okay. uh, I, uh, when the Grizzlies signed Jerry Stackhouse a couple of days ago, I was ecstatic, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to say anything bad about Chris Wallace for at least a week. But then, he, but then, he, but then he tweeted, uh, he tweeted that Michael Porter Jr. is alive. He passed it the first test, and I'm like, ah, what in the world? Our coaching staff, I'm very excited about. Go Grizzlies! You guys got you got 
Stackhouse. You got my guy, Chad Forcier. Yes. You guys, I like what you got going, man. I like it too. I'm excited. Sorry, Bo. I mean, uh, Dave, what, what were you saying before I cut Oh, so the, so the Mavs released this thing about Michael Porter Jr. having a great, a great workout for them. I remember he's, he's doing these closed workouts yeah. uh, for only a handful of teams. Um, although the bulls are going to release his medicals to every other team. So that's interesting. But, uh, you know, I, like, I think the Mavs might, might've just released that info because they want something, they want someone above them to draft him. Oh, definitely. Right. Well, they, also, so everybody's yeah. lying right now. They did it last year with the whole, uh, Frank Niakila. Right. Um, and, and, and they got Dennis Smith jr. Who they wanted all along, you know, they kind of bluffed their way into it. I, I don't know if that had an effect really with the Knicks one way or the other, but uh, that was what they kept saying. We're drafting this. This is the guy we want. And when they really wanted Dennis Smith Jr. I don't know if it works two years in a row. I don't know. I think it's going to. No, I don't know. Yeah, because even the the Mavericks are so secretive. They don't release their workout. They don't release who they're working out. So it's pretty funny to be like, oh, but you know the guy we do like? Michael Porter Jr. He's awesome. Hope he falls to us. Yeah, right, well, exactly. Hey, Mo, Dave, thank you so much. You guys, uh, you guys brought it. I would say at least like Doris Burke, Britt Berry levels. So this was a good. There we go. That's a, a good, big, a good go. three man booth. I hope, uh, fellas, tell uh, tell people where they can uh, get your upcoming important content. All righty. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Twitter, Twitter uh, at Mo Dakiel underscore NBA. Uh, I have the jumpball.net website. I post everything I'm doing on there. Uh, I'm working on a couple of things uh, for this week. And uh, if you want to enjoy interesting stories of of my running in, uh, adventures and whatnot, I tend to lose my keys, it seems like, more often than not. You can follow me on Instagram at the same thing, at mo.keel underscore NBA. Lots of, lots of cute foster dogs on that Instagram, too. Yes. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you can find me on Twitter at Dave DeFour NBA. And uh, my podcast is on the NBA with Dave DeFour. The most generic name that I could come up with that would uh, come up in all the Google searches. So, um, you know, a lot of thought went into that one. Uh, and I think I'm going to do a couple draft pods before the before the draft and then uh, do a pre free agency sort of rundown and maybe maybe with mo if mo is available um yeah that's it what well, sounds it's, good it's summer man it's, it is it's like flip-flops and sunglasses time exactly yeah, and dreaming about uh roster moves i'm not kidding it's my favorite thing just sitting around dreaming about roster moves like that's uh that's uh, it's, it's definitely up there keith i just picture you on the trade machine all day I like the trade machine. I have so many, so much feedback. I don't know why it isn't better. Why haven't they fixed it after all these years? Like it, it could be better. Like, why can't I just turn off? Why can't I pretend someone opted in? What's wrong with that? Just let I me know. pretend like, let me toggle on like, yeah, yeah. Let's pretend, uh, Dwayne Dedman wants to stay in Atlanta or wants to opt in so we can trade him. Like, why can't, why isn't there an option? It just seems like we could do, we could do more. They did. They, they they did it for LeBron. They let they they set it up so they you did. could trade LeBron, but yeah, they, they didn't did. do it for anybody else, which which killed me. And what I was when I was trying to build some sport, uh, Spurs trades. Yeah. Anyway, well, fellas, I appreciate you taking time off and an NBA free evening to uh, t- talk to me. You could have been doing anything else in the world as long as you could find your car keys. So thanks, guys, and uh, <laughs> hopefully see y'all in a, in a few weeks in Vegas. Sounds good, bro. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir.
All right, thanks to Mo and Dave, two of my favorite guys from uh, I've met, I guess, through the basketball podcasting and uh, doing this basketball thing. Check them out on Twitter. Support their podcast. They do a lot of really good work. All right, if you want to support our show, you could do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast or at SeatGeek. Use our code fastbreakbreak, same as the Twitter handle and Instagram handle. We are on Instagram. We started posting a little more. Uh, we, we heard that's where the kids were. So we're on Instagram. Uh, what's up, fellow students and all that? So, yeah, SeatGeek, use the code fastbreakbreak. You can like us on Facebook and follow our Twitter at Fast Break Break. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G&G. Fast Break Break, man. You understand? <laughs>